Awesome. Perfect. So I'll count it. Three, two, one. Liam, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Guys, we're here with a new episode of Fat Man Talking Podcast, and I'm here with Liam O. Griffin. Uh, now, Liam, for those who wouldn't know yet, would you give us What's a brief outline of your and everything going on with yourself, I suppose, business-wise? Sure. Um, so, uh, my name is Liam O. Griffin. I'm the head coach in SBG Cork. Um, so, that's a, um, a martial arts and fitness gym in Blackpool, um, just on the Commons Road. Um, so my background, I suppose, really, I, I went to college for electronics engineering. Um, I worked in that for a while, but uh, for, from a very young age, my, my lifelong passion has been martial arts. My, my parents, uh, Liam and Teresa, were my karate instructors all through my childhood from okay. seven years upwards. And um, when I got to my 20s or like, like late teens, early 20s, I started helping them, kind of coaching and things like that with, uh, with, with karate. Um, and then uh, I, I I did a spell in um, in Florida as well. I did my J one visa in Florida, and I started uh, doing some uh, stunt work with uh, some of the actors from the Power Rangers. Oh, and, really? Uh, did some movie work. Yeah, yeah. Did some kind of movie work with that kind of taking the the karate and a kind of an artistic kind of a, a fun uh, gymnastics messing around type of. Um, uh, experience you know um and then i got involved when i came back then we did a, a few kind of low budget amateur movies uh they're, they're corny and, and and cheesy but they were, they were fun they were great um great fun to do um i got involved with a group called a click productions who who made a lot of um kind of more serious movies and uh, we did a lot of stunt work there um but all the time like um there was always a kind of a martial arts element to everything i did um yeah. and I, I eventually decided that i was going to pack up engineering um and just pursue my uh, lifelong passion and make it a make it a career. Um, so in 2008, I want to say, um, I, I uh, just packed in the job 2007, 2008, and um, started out by teaching karate classes, um, kind of cardio, kickboxing, gymnastics, acrobatics, all that type of thing. Um, and eventually, then myself and my sister and my brother-in-law Jimmy, um, we uh, opened up uh, what was first known as K2C Martial Arts and Fitness Center yeah. uh, in 2010. And uh, three or four years later, we, we uh, were welcomed aboard the SBG Worldwide team. Uh, and that's where we're at today. Fantastic. And obviously, SBG would be a really famous gym in Ireland. For, I suppose guys like John Kavanagh, Conor McGregor. Mm -hmm. uh, now, how did you actually get involved with the SBG setup, to, I suppose, to change your gym under their banner? So, um, I like my 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 MMA debut um, was on Cage Warriors Forty Two back in two thousand eleven. Um, yeah. Now, why was I fighting on that? Who knows? It was just a crazy. It was one of these kind of crazy uh, kind of situations. I I shouldn't have been fighting at that stage, but I I said, uh, do you know what the plan was? I'm going to go in here and I'll have uh, have an MMA fight. I didn't even know what MMA was at this stage. I'll go and have an MMA fight. I'll kick a guy in the head, knock him out, get famous, and then the gym will be full and we'll be rich. That yeah. was the plan. Um, didn't work out that way. Um, I got I got a hiding. Um, <laughs> I got beaten up, and uh, my first opponent was actually one of John Cavanaugh's students. Um, yeah. Uh, a great fighter by the name of James Healing. His uh, his fight name is James Sexual Healing. So when when I came out. Uh, I came out first and he came out second and when he was walking in, he was walking into the Marvin Gaye sexual healing song. I, I didn't know whether I was going to be in a fight or an orgy. I wasn't yeah, sure what was happening. Oh, but, um, yeah, that, that's tough. So, yeah, so put he, me right off. <laughs> he gave me an awful bit anyway. So, um, yeah, that, it went on from there and um, 
uh, that was my first introduction to John. And then years later, um, it just came came about that we, we decided that we were kind of we couldn't really um, push to the highest levels by being an independent kind of standalone gym with no kind of connections to the to the to the pro ranks and all that. So yeah. we kind of decided, you know what? There's a few of the lads there coming up through the ranks, and uh, for for their sake and for for the gym's sake, we don't want to become a you know just a kind of a Mickey Mouse gym that was kind of a feeder club for any other bigger clubs. We wanted to be one of those uh, major players so um i just got in touch with john cavan i said hey do you remember me remember your your guy beat me up and um do you know we, we could do with uh with some mentorship and uh, we're looking to to join a, a a kind of a team that would give us uh, connections to the top um and uh, after a bit of a vetting procedure he 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 was happy enough to bring us on board and it just grew from there unbelievable and obviously like it's your own setup but would I suppose would there be I suppose what's the way to put it a structure that comes in from the top then for the sake of say like would John be kind of mentoring ye and kind of showing ye what worked for them and then to bring it into your business or how does yeah. that actually set up kind of work I suppose being an affiliate with the gym line yeah so um like like in the in the early uh, months and years of our affiliation John was like regularly on the phone to me and and just kind of going through like we, we have our Facebook group pages for the gym and stuff like that. He'd be kind of commenting and saying, look, I don't think that's such a good idea. And maybe if you move this around here and, you know, do this, this, and this. And um, he kind of ironed out an awful lot of the, 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 the things that we were just doing because we didn't know any better. Yeah. And he obviously had a lot more experience. And he said, look, if you, if you just move that class to here and make, like, call it something different and, you know, or, or kind of advertise this way or, or do this, this differently. And then with the coaching structure, the, 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 uh, like SPG is not just Ireland. It's, um, it's actually based in Portland, Oregon. And yeah. the, the owner is Matt Thornton, who's, um, like he, he was one of Randy Couture's coaches back in the day when he became the, the UFC champion originally. Um, so like the, 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 the SPG system is like, 25 30 years old at this stage so they, yeah. they they gave us a lot of um hints and tips on on coaching and structuring of classes and handling athletes and uh, handling beginners and how we should do that and it's it's just been a, a really uh, valuable mentorship for us and um now we kind of we're, we're we're kind of up to speed with it now and we're just kind of you know carrying on the way we, we normally do and we yeah, of course but um but yeah initially it was there was a lot of mentorship it was very very valuable Fantastic. And I suppose, now I know you'd have a lot of people who'd be like casual members come in for the classes. Um, now, what kind of areas would you cover? Would it be like kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu? What specialties, I suppose, would you cater for? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we do uh, boxing, kickboxing, uh, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, as you said. Um, we do wrestling, um, uh, mixed martial arts, and um, then there's a, whole, there's a whole section here for fitness. So we have uh, training for warriors is, um, is a kind of like a team-based um, fitness kind of routine that, that people uh, sign up to. Uh, we've got spinning classes. We've got kids' classes in, in all of the martial arts plus gymnastics as well. Um, so there's a, there's a wide range of things. But I suppose specialty, I'd say, like MMA would be our, would be our you know, uh, that would be our big thing. Yeah, and I suppose you were always a karate guy, you were saying. So, like, how did you actually end up, I suppose? I know there's the affiliation with SBG, but, like, were you practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and other things before that point? Or was it something you took up then after? Yeah, I mean, like, I was always a, a fan of uh, the UFC. Um, yeah. I remember the, the very first fight I actually sat down to watch live uh, was on Bravo. I don't know if you remember Bravo. The, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. 
yeah, yeah. So uh, I saw uh, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell won the first one. And, it's uh, not a bad one to watch, really. Yeah. So that that like I had seen it previous to that, like back in like on old VHS tapes, I had seen UFC one and two, and um, that didn't really kind of appeal to me. But when I saw um, Chuck and, and Tito and um, like how it had uh, kind of evolved into like a sport of its own, um, yeah. like the early days was a, a more of a spectacle whereas this For was sure. definitely a sport you know and it was it looked very professional it kind of caught my attention from there and i became a massive fan um back in the day when we used to do the stunt stunt work we had a group in um in uh, the balling college gymnastics hall uh, there was a bunch of us there we used to go out and uh, throw each other off walls and, and and learn how to backflip and somersault and uh, do all these kind of crazy things for that you would do for movies you know and, and was uh, this, out of curiosity, is this something like where someone was trained or were you literally like you're all just kind of a bit of a cowboy show, like just giving it a bash? Like? We all had our own backgrounds. Uh, uh, we, had, um, we had some gymnastics coaches that were a part of the group that, that yeah. would help us to actually uh, land safely and, and, and things like that. But um, the, the, the fight choreography was mostly watching Jackie Chan and Jet Li and uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff and just kind of trying to recreate it. That's um, unreal. Yeah, it was, it was great fun. Um, it really was, but um, at that time, um, I started getting uh, in some roles with a, um, a, a good friend of mine. Um, he actually is a pro fighter now, uh, Aaron McGuire. Um, he fights out of MMA Cork. He actually runs MMA Cork. He's the head coach in MMA Cork. He's okay. under BJ Cork, um, uh, Pedro, uh, Pedro Beza team, and Liam Beachner would be his coach. But back in the day, like when he was just starting and I hadn't even started into jiu-jitsu at that stage, uh, he used to come out and train with us in the stunt group. And then he'd he'd say, I I let's have a roll. And like I was like like roll to me was just alien altogether. So yeah. we just we'd be fumbling around the ground and suddenly he'd get me an arm bar and then maybe I I might escape once or something like that. So I'd done like a small bit like that. Yeah. But it really really wasn't until uh, a couple of years later uh, before I kinda got into grappling a bit better, uh, a bit more structured, you know. Um Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of um it, it was an evolution towards MMA rather than um rather than a kind of a decision yeah I feel yeah. I feel like though that's kind of great stuff because I suppose a lot of the older guys especially in MMA that would be the case that they'd start off with certain specialties and kind of work their way in well I suppose now like with gyms like yourselves mm-hmm. there's a lot of young kids who are getting exposure to all of it very early on like would you I suppose with MMA coming yeah. up such the ranks in Ireland and popularity and everything would you feel like there's a time where like the one specialist athlete is that something that's going to be a thing of the past say in the next few years or would you still feel it's going to be something that's always going to be presently there no i think it's always going to be there um yeah. and and the reason being is that um you know uh, at, at this point in time mma is still developing so like for 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 young athletes for like for kids in the like like uh pre-teens and even early teens there still isn't um a competitive outlet for them that's consistent and and um you know like the, there is kind of tournaments sporadically um, but there isn't even a rule set for 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 preteens. Do you know? Do you allow them to elbow? Obviously not. Um, do you know? Do you like like what are the rules? So there's 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 smaller tournaments that are run, and uh, gym instructors are kind of agreeing them between themselves what should be allowed and shouldn't be allowed for that particular tournament. But oh, so as, as of now, there's, yeah, there's yeah. So the 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 rules actually that that are um, sanctioned worldwide start from. Um, um, you have your professional uh, uh, rules, but at, at amateur level, start from age 18 upwards. 
But yeah. anybody from 17 downwards, they, if they're fighting, they're fighting under rules that are made up for a particular event, you know? Now, okay, I get you. Those events, are, they, they, they're, they're, they're safe. They're, they're good. I mean, like, they're run by reputable uh, coaches and stuff like that, but there isn't one unified set of rules for all of those athletes worldwide. Um, and until we get that, you're going to have um, young athletes are going to compete in the individual disciplines because that tournament scene is far more developed and there's a, there's there's a lot more going on there, so they're going to be able to like box within the IBA leagues every week. Do you know they're going to be able to do a, a kind of a Muay Thai tournament every every two or three months, a Jiu Jitsu tournament once a month, yeah, um, a judo competition every every couple of months, a karate tournaments every every month. Do you know, so the kids and teens are going to definitely develop that way, and then you're going to see them as they get to adulthood. Then if they if they like the look of MMA, they will transition in. So you're always going to have that. Um, until such time as MMA becomes a grassroots level, right down from kids always up, then maybe maybe at that stage, then you'll see um, the pure athletes coming through. Yeah, I mean, there there is a couple of pure athletes already on the scene. Um, I mean, you talk of like Rory McDonald is probably one of the ones that stands out as uh, one of these kind of new, well, not new anymore, but five years ago he was the next generation of pure MMA athlete coming yeah. through. Um, you're seeing more and more of that as we go along, but um, there's no, definitely still, sure. it's definitely mostly guys that are coming with a, a prior background. Yeah, and would you have many guys coming in? I suppose young fellas now who would aspire, like they'd look up to guys like say Conor McGregor or young guys doing well, like Rory McDonald, like just mm-hmm. I suppose the newer generation of MMA fighters. Would you say you'd have a lot of fellas coming in and they'd be eyeing that kind of a career? I mean, especially with yeah. guys. I suppose the Irish fellas taking off now. Like between mm-hmm. when Conor McGregor, like Carl Pendred, Paddy Hoolan all burst into UFC, and then you have a lot. I mean, like SBG had a huge feed of guys going to Bellator recently, didn't they? Was there sure. kind of three or four? I think Kiefer Crosby and one or two others kind of would have signed on. I think when it's all said and done, there's actually more than thirty gone through. Um, oh, go away, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of guys gone through. Um, so um, it's just the announcements over the next six to eight months. But um, yeah, it's um. Uh, Bellator have invested very, very heavily into the European market. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's going to be an exciting few years for for um, for MMA in Europe. Um, and there's already like Cage Warriors is doing a great job, and Bam is doing a great job, and you, you've got um, you know the, the domestic uh, circuit. You've got uh, Clan Wars, Cage Legacy. Um, you've got uh, a bunch of other shows that are coming up. There's actually one in Cork uh, next next uh, two weeks as well. Yeah. Um, so Martin Horgan is running uh, the Rebel MMA fight series. Um, it's like a dual Muay Thai and uh, MMA show. So oh, cool. there's there's lots of, uh, of stuff going on. But yeah, the the young lads coming in, they have a they have a lot of role models, um, and and more and more they're becoming more local Irish role models as well, which is great to see. Which is good. But yeah. yeah we have a we have a bunch of guys. A bunch of teenagers there, and they're scary as fuck. Yeah, tough like, guys. So skills, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really feeling my age these days, you know, because I, <laughs> I still have to roll and spar with them, and um, yeah, they just beat me up, and um, that would be hard to do. I'm old, like, but um, yeah, no, I'm Even very if excited. You to watch. That's very exciting. Oh, that's fair. I mean, like, especially in this day and age, I suppose when I would have started watching UFC, there wouldn't have been a whole lot of Irish guys in it. I would have got in through, I suppose, shows like The Ultimate Fighter and watching Cage Warriors series on Satanta Sport now, where you'd kind of get, it wouldn't even be live, like you'd catch it at two in the morning, a random mm-hmm. fight. And you'd come across yeah. guys like Conor McGregor and stuff, but I mean, like, I wouldn't know who they were or mm-hmm. you know, anything like that, really. Like, it would have just been the case. While now, I feel like at a young age, guys know who the Irish guys are. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely, there's people where they can see, well, look, 
when you have a young guy coming into UFC or coming into Bellator, I mean, they have things to aim for. I think it's fantastic that I suppose the, the setup is there now where it can go to a more professional level in the European circuit, not just in the US. Yeah, and there's actually uh, the amateur circuit is developing uh, internationally as well. With um, there's a worldwide association. There's only one worldwide association for MMA at the moment. We're really lucky. Um, yeah. Like I come from a karate background where there's like there's a world championships every weekend because there's so many different groups within karate that yeah. you just, just just there's no one world champion. There just isn't. Um, yeah. And it, it it breaks my heart, but that's just the way it is. But we're lucky at the moment. MMA is still one world worldwide organization, and IMAF. Um, uh, a merger between IMAF and uh, WAMA, or uh, World Association of Martial a couple of years ago, but uh, IMAF is the is the world leader, and they run the European and World Championships and in, in, in kind of various continental championships around, and they're aiming for Olympic status, Olympic status by 2028, and oh. they're really, really making solid, solid progress. They're they're, they're doing a great, great, great job, but um, that is now the pinnacle for amateur MMA, um. So you, you get guys that will kind of build up their experience at, um, on the domestic circuit um, and then um, hopefully then go to one of these kind of major championships. The last one was the, the Europeans in Romania. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they, they, they over a period of a week, they have to fight uh, up to five times, like once a day, um, Jeez, to get going. to the gold. Yeah, it's tough. But uh, the, the level is 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 really really good um and oh, it's, it's really growing now at this stage where i suppose hugely definitely like it's not just a case you have to go professional there's a feeder system in in many ways is there, there is yeah yeah there is and, and that's great because i mean like when you think about it i, I don't know if you're familiar with like um with, with how how the system has worked over the last few years but typically like five years ago a guy would have gone in and fought amateur mma maybe had five to ten fights and then turned pro yeah no if you were a soccer player and then you had five soccer matches and then you became a pro, would that sound, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, not madness. Like like a boxer having five amateur boxing fights and then turning pro, that's also ridiculous. Yeah, no, 100%. So, I mean, like for, for um, MMA, uh, like for MMA com- competitors to, to, to not, and, and that wasn't like people being ridiculous in, in like that was just, that's just a, the way the sport has grown. Um, we didn't have many um, fights from, like you'd only get two to three fights a year. And then, you know, if, if a guy was like in his mid twenties and he had eyes on, on UFC gold, then it's like, okay, I, I better get moving here. I better turn pro and start kind of building up my pro record and work towards yeah. that. Whereas now you have the likes of the, the IMAF tournaments where you can get five fights in one week. Then you can go to the, go from the Europeans to the African open and then get another five fights then go to the world championships and then get another five fights, you know? Um, yeah. So guys now at amateur level are having 30, 40, even 50 uh, amateur fights before turning pro. So it's, it's, it's a really good, um, it's a really good development and it's, it's working really well for the sport. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Really. I suppose the young people definitely have a way better chance. Now, would that ever be something you'd be like slightly envious of where you think, imagine if I started now, would I have had a chance? Are you kind of happy enough to think, I never would have liked to go to that professional level. It, it's the case coaching would have always appealed to you more. No, um, I would replace slightly envious with mad jealous. Um, that would be the <laughs> phrase I'd use. Uh, the, if there was something like, uh, like, the, like the facility that we've got here um, available when I was in my, my mid-teens, I would have snapped everybody's, like, you know, snapped yeah. any arms in front of me to get at it. Um, you know, the, like the... the just having even mats on the floor—that was that was a luxury when 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 I was back training. We used to train on like uh, you know 
timber timber floors in in community halls. Yeah, um, I didn't even know what a mat was until the mid mid two thousand. The, the mid noughties you know um but yeah um like the, the the opportunities that people have um to get into mma right now they're just phenomenal there's so many good uh, gyms out there i mean like we're we're one of probably 10 different gyms in, in cork there's some some great options out there no matter where you're living in the city you can find a, a, a gym that does uh, mma or jiu-jitsu or kickboxing or muay thai you know there's plenty of places to train and all very very high quality as well but I'm, yes, yeah, um, definitely, definitely I'm jealous. I suppose one program which I think really stuck you guys out for me, and I actually I did sign up to it, and then I backed out last minute. It was the Wimp to Warrior program. The first year you did it, I signed up. I got an email from yourself, funny enough, and it's inviting me to you know come to the tryouts, everything. And I ended up just thinking, no, I'm not able for this. I wouldn't do it. Now that mm. is one fantastic program, and I actually I would have known about it before from say the Australian program. But yeah. I mean, I think that's one. Now, how involved are you with the running of that? Is it be the case that it would be you who's actually running it day to day, or would you have a few coaches involved? Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, it's a phenomenal program. First off, it comes from uh, Australia, as you say, Sydney. Um, um, Richie Cranny is the is the worldwide founder. Luckily, uh, or funnily enough, how, how how we managed to get a hold of it was um, um, there was a, a competitor on. I think it was season two in Australia, in Sydney, um, or maybe yeah. season three. But uh, like in in Australia, it went on TV and everything. Like the guys yeah, that were it was like Big Brother, you know? Crazy, yeah. Um, but Kieran Corcoran is a Cork lad, and uh, he was over in Australia working, and he he became a competitor, and um, he done he done a full season. He was he became a household name in his part of Sydney and everything. Um, uh, he did very well from it, and he came back to Cork to visit family. And while he was yeah. in Cork, he just kind of hit us up and said, "Look, I need somewhere to train, and I've got a fight in eight weeks, and I need to keep training." And we were like, "Yeah, cool." So he came in and um, did some training, and then he introduced me to Richie Cranny, and then Richie said, "Look." We'd love you guys to to maybe run a season in in Ireland. Um, at that stage, it was only Ireland, and I think there might have been one in London, uh, but I, it wasn't anywhere else in the world at that stage. And um, I said, Do you know what? We'd love to. It's a fantastic um, uh, program. I really uh, admire the, the people who do it and uh, and the goals that, uh, that that are smashed in it. But if you're coming to Ireland and you don't have John Cavanagh um, uh, like running it it's not going to do the brand justice, you know, like having Liam Moog from Cork, who, who the fuck is Liam Moog from Cork in, in the grand scheme of things, you know what I mean? So I said, look, um, let's, let's get John involved here. And then, uh, uh, John, uh, I actually had to convince John the, the first couple of times I was like, uh, there's this thing here. And he was like, is that like white collar boxing? And I said, uh, not really. No, it's, it's a bit different. You have to watch the videos. And then, uh, once, uh, once he kind of, I did a bit of research into it, then he fell in love with it, and uh, he did the first season back a couple of years ago. And uh, luckily enough, he, he uh, asked us to do a season then in Cork, and um, we did our first season, as you mentioned, uh, September 2016. Uh, we're just about to start season four now. Um, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's probably uh, one of the biggest transformative processes that we've had in the gym here, apart from being, becoming an SBG gym, but just incorporating Winter Warrior into what we do is, has um, has given us a brand new kind of outlook on, on what we do and uh, the kind of people that we like to train with and just the, the effect that, um, the positive effect that mixed martial arts or any martial art for that matter can have on people's lives. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's fantastic. Now, I suppose for those, I mean, I don't myself just from watching it, but from like for those who maybe wouldn't be too familiar, could you just give a brief outline? I suppose I sure. should have done that at the start, but uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, those yeah. who wouldn't know it. 
Yeah, so what it is is, um, I mean, the, the Winter Warrior process takes people who, uh, from, from any walk of life, any age, so we've had uh, people from 18 right up to mid-50s, mid to late 50s, in fact, um, men and women, um, they, they need to be wimps. That's, that's, the, that's the, uh, the starting point. So there's no point in, um, in, in us taking on a lot of tough fighters and then putting them fighting six months later. No, we, we take uh, people who don't have um, a, a martial arts background, or if they did, it was years ago or you know, a very, very uh, mild introduction to martial arts, maybe a white-collar boxing fight or maybe they did karate when they were kids or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, then the process is six months, 22 weeks, or, or a little bit more than 22 weeks, uh, every morning, 6 a.m., training for an hour, an hour and a half. And um, they go through, uh, from first principles, they learn how to box, kickbox, do jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and then put it all together. And at the end of the six months, we put on a massive show. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, you know, just a, 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 a couple of builders' lights in, in the corner and, and uh, um, a DJ or something. I'm talking about, like, a full-on, like, Neptune Stadium-style uh, show where you have, like... Um, you know, full lighting effects, big screen uh, LED um, uh, presentations, walkout um, graphics. They have, um, you know, they've, they've got the works. It's like a professional yeah. MMA show. And that's their centerpiece. That's their, that's their uh, celebration of the journey that they've just taken for six months. Um, everybody that's, that's fighting that night will be matched with somebody who's already in the program with them. So they're matched evenly. They're, they're not going to be thrown into the shark tank. It's like... Uh, they're matched for weight, age, and uh, ability level, and they just have a scrap. It's uh, full amateur rules, three three-minute rounds, and they've go through the full uh, medical clearance that all amateur MMA um, uh, fighters in Ireland do. Uh, there's no exceptions; they they're, they're treated the same as any other amateur fighter. And um, yeah, that's it. It's um, unbelievable. I, yeah. I honestly, I actually think it's so fantastic. I wish you would get more exposure in Cork because mm-hmm. it's just it's such a good program. When like hearing about it, and then when it came to Ireland. I mean, I, I just think it's such a good opportunity. And out of curiosity, how many people do you sign up, say, per season? So we, we, like, we don't really have an upper limit on it. Like, um, the first season, we, we had um, 60 people signed up and yeah. uh, 56 made it to the end uh, and stepped into the cage. Uh, season two and three were a little bit smaller. We had like uh, 30 in each. Um, and this season, we're, we're still doing the tryouts. So um, we, we had uh, a bunch of people in on Tuesday this week trying out. And we have another bunch uh, coming in Saturday morning this week. And then there'll be a few people who could not, couldn't make the tryouts that will come in and do kind of like a one-on-one consultation just to see um, are they suitable for the process and if they could be- get benefit from it. And yeah. then uh, we'll know uh, at the start of October who we have then. So, um, yeah. Great stuff. Very, very good. And I suppose, look, it'd be a crime if I didn't hitch up at this topic. With the week that's in it, and it's a good evening today, McGregor fighting Khabib. Um, are you going to yeah. watch it, first of all? I, I, oh, of I course. Say it'd be a shame if you wouldn't. But uh, yeah, of course. what's your opinion on that? I mean, to get an actual expert's opinion, how do you feel it's going to go? I know, like, I know I have my amateur opinion, which I tell yeah. you about in all what. Yeah. Well... Expert opinion now is is uh, it's putting yeah I I don't think my opinion is going to be any more valid than anybody else. I mean um, yeah you know at the end of the day it's it's a fight. Anything could happen. Oh know? no, it's unpredictable. Um, but I mean yeah, I mean 100%. how do you feel uh, about the whole thing? Do you think McGregor has a chance, or do you think Khabib is just going to ride on him? I I don't think Khabib has a chance. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think it's actually a mismatch. You're in the same th- camp as me. I, I think uh, Khabib is just too sloppy with his hands and uh, McGregor is just too accurate with his shots. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, like 
if if it goes to the ground, um, yeah, sure, uh, Khabib's wrestling is very very strong. Absolutely, hundred percent. He's 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 shown dominance there. I don't think he's going to get that far. Um, and and the thing about it is that each round starts standing. So McGregor has five chances to knock him out, and like he like. It's not like he hasn't faced a wrestler before. I mean, uh, Eddie Alvarez is, is a very, very strong wrestler. Chad Mendes is a very strong wrestler. Even when Chad Mendes uh, took him down, he, he was he, he was lobbing some savage elbows into him, you know? Yeah, he weathered um, that storm. And he, it's like, it was one I don't of the even best attacks from the bottom I've ever seen. It was phenomenal-like. Yeah, yeah I, I think even, even just the style of how he elbowed from the bottom, I think an awful lot of fighters kind of adopted that as a tactic afterwards even. You know, I yeah. think he kind of set a trend there as well. Um, but, yeah, and I, I just think... Um, like watching, watching like um, Aloy Quinta um, versus Khabib the last time. You know, Al- Aloy Quinta started to kind of pick holes in, in Khabib's game, particularly in the fourth and fifth um, round. You know, um, uh, Michael Johnson made um, made, made Khabib uh, hit a knee. He rocked um, him. Yeah. And, like, yeah. So you know, these guys are like, they're, they're all like they're all great fighters. I mean, Jesus, they beat the shit on me any day, but. Um, <laughs> When it comes to like the the top five, top three, you know, McGregor has proven to be up there, yeah. And like these guys are are in round like nine, ten, like you know that they're in the rankings down down at the bottom of the top ten, and they're giving uh, Khabib uh, issues on the stand up game. Yeah. Um, so I I think I think McGregor will have him knocked out within three minutes. See, like the way the way I was looking at it, even when you look when Ali Quinta fought him, like the amount of shots he was able to get off, and Khabib wasn't able to defend against it. And like mm-hmm. Alec Quinta didn't have the power, he didn't have the precision maybe to knock him out, but he was taking fair shots off him. So then yeah. when you're looking at a guy like McGregor who literally nearly picked a spot in your face, he's going to get you and he could hit you repeatedly there. Like mm-hmm. I just don't see when it comes to, especially what you said about it standing, starting, standing up, I just don't mm-hmm. see a, a way where he's not going to win it. I suppose anything can happen in a fight, but I mean, that's at yeah. least what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I mean, I was I was hopelessly wrong about the the Mayweather fight. So you know, I I I'm I, I could be wrong um, uh, with this as well. I just I just feel that it's a mismatch. I honestly do. And the other thing as well about McGregor, he has a very kind of a long uh, kind of a karate style stance as well. He has a weird stance. Yeah. And even though his 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 lead leg is right there, you think that you just reach down and grab it, get a single leg, and and kind of cut the corner into a double leg, maybe um, get the takedown. Uh, as John John has said multiple times in, in interviews. When you go for that leg, it, it disappears. He's just got that. Um, he's got a, a freakish um, ability to manage distance and just be gone. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I I don't think he like he's not that easy to take down. You have to remember as well when he fought Chad Mendes, um, he went through that camp. Uh, actually, coming back to Rory McDonald, Rory McDonald re-injured his his uh, McGregor's knee during that camp. Um, there was like Rory big, McDonald did. Yeah, exactly. Were they training um, together for that fight? They weren't. No. And um, what happened was you had the Mac. I remember uh, the the whole Mac Mansion uh, eight week camp there, that or like twelve week camp that Connor kind of hired us big uh, house in Vegas, and he moved yeah, his I whole remember. team over there. That um, that was for Aldo originally, wasn't it? And then Chad correct. was just kind of the last minute. Exactly. Second. Yeah. Yeah. So he was training away for for Aldo, and there was a press conference in Vegas, and uh, Rory McDonald was at it, and he he just messaged lads and said, "Look, I'm in the area. Can I come out and do do a few rounds?" And whatever, whatever, this is in John Cavanaugh's book, I think. Yeah, um, I actually read it and I, so, I don't remember that at all. It's, I'm like, yeah. how did I miss this? So, um, so yeah, R- Rory, I believe, did some sort of a takedown and re-injured Connor's knee. Oh, wow. And um, so uh, for, for a good two to three weeks of that camp, uh, Connor was, was just about able to walk. So he couldn't do any wrestling rounds. Uh, he couldn't do any sparring rounds. 
And um, if you remember when Aldo uh, pulled out of the fight with the rib injury, he, Connor was extremely angry. And the reason he was angry, most of the, like obviously a big fight had been pulled, but Connor had not disclosed that he had basically re-tore his ACL. Um, and he just kept that secret. And yeah. he was gonna he was gonna be there no matter what. He was gonna be in there fighting no matter what. And um, then when Aldo uh, kind of hurt the rib, then he's like, you know, your injury versus my injury. There's no comparison. You know, come on, let's let's get it done. You know, so he was really angry at the time. But um, like even um, they didn't do any wrestling sparring for that camp. So yeah. I, I, like Connor didn't do that. To, didn't do too bad in the wrestling. I mean, the the first round he got taken down once, I believe. Um, and he he did the striking from the bottom. But in the second round, he stuffed a few uh, of the takedowns. So he, he was kind of getting his wrestling timing back. For a guy that had inspired wrestling for a whole camp, just to kind of, re, you know, within a couple of rounds, kind of get back to his, uh, his, um, his defensive uh, wrestling again. Um, I think people are underestimating his, his wrestling ability. 100%. No, definitely. Or even like, to be honest, though, what I like about him, especially, and I know he's a cocky bastard and he provides all the entertainment, but even stuff like he's not a fellow who'll always disclose the injury. He'll very much, he'll, he'll go to the end, even like silly stuff. Like he won't make like huge announcements. Like he had a big staff infection going into the first Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz fight. He was very sick. Oh, he did. Yeah. So like Joe Rogan's constantly on about it. So he actually, he had, or, I don't know, he had something, I don't know, was it a staff infection or something along those lines where he was on a big antibiotic for it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, like, it absolutely would have drained him of energy. But, like, not once in an interview after that fight, that loss, did he ever bring it up. It was Joe Rogan who's always on about it. It's never him, like. And I think that's the one thing, like, there's no bullshit with him. He takes the losses and he takes the wins. I just think, like, although people can love him or hate him, he's brought the sport to a whole new level. I think it's fantastic, like. And that yeah. fight, I'm buzzing for it, like. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be a great event. I'm looking forward to the press conference tonight as well. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's bound to be some drama. I, I, I know the drama, like, people kind of... Uh, say the drama doesn't doesn't do the sport any favors, but look, there's a reason why he's uh, 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 like on his way to becoming a billionaire at this stage, uh, and uh, being a great fighter is only part of that. Yeah. It's the hype and uh, the, the the excitement that he brings, and uh, and the drama is part of that. Um, well, of course, backing it up is is a huge part of it, and he does that also. Um, but yeah, um, like you look at. Um, Demetrius Johnson is arguably one of the greatest fighters of all time, and he's nowhere near um, uh, as 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 wealthy as 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 Conor has um, managed to become. And a lot of that is down to be, to to just not having drama around him or, or not promoting himself to the same. It doesn't even have to be drama. I mean, George St. Pierre was never dramatic, but he was very very good at promoting himself. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, so um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I think, uh, and I think um, we. Despite like all of the, I mean, obviously, the the dolly through the bus window wasn't one of his finest hours, but um, not at all. All in all, I mean, what he's done for the sport of mixed martial arts in Ireland and uh, put Ireland on the map with regards to international um, MMA and opened the doors for uh, a lot of Irish fighters to to get into the likes of the UFC and Bellator and uh, a lot of the big, it, you know, every we we're we're indebted to him. For, for that you know he's, he's really kind of um, pushed the envelope there you know yeah no 100% I agree now I suppose one other thing I just wanted to get your take on as well was uh, I don't know if you saw but John Jones got that quite a light suspension now do you think it was kind of fair enough or would you think you know there's kind of there's a bit of money being thrown around there um, I, I haven't seen the de- I, I've, I've, I haven't looked at the finer details but I know he's back in October 
Yeah. Um, I, I've I, I lost all respect for that man a long time ago. I, I, I think you know it's, it's hard to be beyond a fan. the joke. Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, I, I'm hugely impressed with the feats that he pulls off in the octagon. You know, the, the, his creativity with his striking and whatever. But I mean, that that man has has he got four kids? He's got he's got three or four. I, I'm pretty sure he's got three or four girls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he as a role model, he's 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 just disgusting. It's, it's mad no to think. But like no. he, he's done all this stuff, like regardless of say the steroids accusations and all that type of stuff and the failed yeah. drug test, like the car crash and all of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just I I don't know. Like even after the last fight, I was delighted when he came back and I was happy enough. Like the way he defeated DC, phenomenal. But yeah. like then when it comes out with that, you're kind of like, oh fuck it, like you know what's what's the yeah, point yeah. anymore? Yeah, it's madness. No, it is. It, yeah, no, I, I've lost respect for him. And I mean, like I know, I, I, like we were just talking about Connor. Connor's been no angel, but I mean, we're talking about like serious like hit and runs and and you know like i i i he, he was drunk driving at one stage you know these these are crimes that are like putting people's lives in serious serious um risk like and yeah no i i can't um i can't get behind john jones at all i, I as a as a martial artist he's phenomenal i yeah. i I, I will definitely tune in to watch i, I won't miss that fight but um who would yeah, you rather as you say i can't take him seriously I mean, would you rather see him? I know, like, it's kind of looking like it's going to be Gustafsson, but say, would you rather see him fight a guy like Alex Gustafsson, or would you rather see him fight DC again, say, at heavyweight? Like, what's the appealing fight for you? Mm, I think the Gustafsson fight needs to happen again. Um, yeah, that was a very, very close fight. Um, I think um, DC, uh, yeah, I think like DC was winning that fight, um, the, the second fight, um, right up until the point he got the, the head kick. So yeah, that would be a good fight. And a heavyweight would, would I think DC fights better at heavyweight, even though he, you know he's a fat heavyweight, but he's <laughs> he's he's much more he's happier. You can oh no, see definitely. Him, like he's happier and healthier at heavyweight than he is at light heavyweight. Um, I think he just cuts the weight the wrong way for light heavyweight. You know, he 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 kind of tends to do a, a massive water cut for for heavyweight as opposed to uh, trimming down body fat wise. Um, Maybe that would kind of help him fight better at, at, at or not not fight better. Jesus, he's the champion, but um, <laughs> I know I know what uh, you mean. Though. Fight more Especially comfortably. For that weight class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no DC and uh, and John Jones. I'd like to see uh, you might as well put Brock Lesnar and, and John Jones in there. Put the two and put them back on steroids and let them let them kill each other. I don't do you know what I mean. Put the two cheaters together and and, and let them at it. I think, though, in fairness, Vitor Belfort had a good idea where he just said we should just have one league where anyone who wants yeah. to do steroids get in there. Yeah, and just you know, even if it's the retirement league, just all the lads get back on the TRT and everything, and just go out. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch it. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, it wouldn't affect me if they were all on the same playing field. I'm good with it. But it's it's when it's the professionals who obviously it's not okay to be cheating, and so many of them are. It's kind of it's yeah. tough to stand by and prove those people. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. No, it 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 undermines the sport when they when they cheat so blatantly, and uh, and then they're not punished for it. And then when they come back, it's it's the the, the likes of um, oh, Jesus, the name's gone on my head. The 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 lad from New Zealand, oh, Simone, Super Simone, Mark Hunt. Oh, Mark, Mark Hunt. Hunt. I mean, like, do you know, he's that that dude has taken like he's taken fights with guys who have obviously been juiced to the gills and proven to be juiced to the gills afterwards. That's so unfair for him, and and it has had a knock-on effect on his health, but also his financial health. 
because oh, I mean, like the, the the fights that he um, has lost have been to cheaters. Do you know, what I mean? he, he, um, do you know, like if he had won those fights, he would have, you know, it would have doubled his paycheck. It would have put him on towards a, a title shot next or something like that. You know, his yeah. career, like at a professional level, when you lose a fight, your career takes a a, a massive sidestep, and you, you lose out in millions potentially. You know, um, so. Yeah, I'm like I would. I would be all up for just putting all the cheaters in the one in bracket and just have them fight each other, and then give you know I don't know. I don't even. Uh, yeah, I I'm I'm disillusioned by by um by these guys. I, don't no, know I completely agree with you. Now, come here, man. I know you have a sparring class to teach at eight o'clock, so I won't keep you too much longer. But look, thanks mm-hmm. so much for coming on for the chat. And I suppose do you want to drop some of your social media just so people can follow you after. I suppose, and if they want to, you know, take a look at the gym and everything else. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, SPG Cork City on uh, Facebook would be the the best way to get us. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. We're not really good at that yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, Facebook is is what we're good at. Um, and my sister Marlene uh, manages the the Facebook page, so she's constantly uh, putting some cool stuff up there. Uh, if anybody wants to drop by, we're in the North Point Business Park on the New Mallow Road. So um, just pass out beyond the Blackpool Shopping Centre, out beyond the Commons Bar, and uh, just swing off the road there at the at the um, the first. Uh, slip road after the commons and you'll find us in North Point Business Park and uh, yeah we do uh, a free consultation one-on-one lesson with anybody who wants to uh, consider joining so uh, give us a buzz and we will hook you up fantastic come here guys please check them out and look thanks so much for coming on man I really appreciate it guys that's all from this week thanks so much for listening and we'll be back very soon <laughs>